chapter 28 and verse 3 is our text for this evening and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand a viper fastened on his hand the 276 on board the ship of Alexandria most of them were prisoners they had been caught in the midst of a mighty storm it was called Eurocladon we are told chapter 27 verse 20 that the storm was so severe all hope that we should be saved was then taken away it was just then just then that Paul received a word from the Lord saying there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship you'll lose the ship but not one of the 276 on board will lose their life and then the apostle said to all on board sirs be of good cheer for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me chapter 27 verses 22 and 25 and just like Abraham Paul had confidence in God and believed God that the Lord would do even as he said for we read in Romans 4 and verse 20 Abraham that is staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also to perform Paul believed the same what God had promised he was able also to perform and the Lord not only kept his promise to save Paul and the others from the storm you look there at verses 41 and 42 of the chapter 27 for here was another threat that arose this time from the soldiers on board there in verse 41 and falling into a place where two seas meet they ran the ship aground and the fore part stuck fast and remained unmovable the hinder part was broken with the violence of the waves and the soldiers counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape but the centurion that had shown such sympathy for Paul kept them from doing so it wasn't so much 
the centurion that kept him from doing so. The Lord kept Paul safe and the others on that ship because the Lord said they would not lose their life. And so there we have the Lord intervening. Not only regarding the storm but the soldiers and the sword the sword of the soldiers they would have killed the prisoners that would have included Paul does this not remind us how the Lord always keeps his promise always standing on the promises of Christ our King through eternal ages let his praises ring glory in the highest to Christ our King standing on the promises of God and we can stand on them and we mentioned this morning we're on a sure foundation sure foundation well that's what Paul did he stood on the promises of God and he was on a sure foundation and he knew that and so Paul and the others escaped the storm and escaped the sword and escaped the soldiers and now they're on an island an island called Melita chapter 28 and verse 1 it was there that he was attacked no not by the Jews or any other enemy he was attacked by a viper a serpent a poisonous beast as we are told and we see what took place and how the Lord gave Paul victory over the viper preserved his life as he promised he would do first of all we notice the arrival of the apostle that is his arrival on this island called Melita Paul and the others were well treated there yes by the barbarians they treated them well here we see first of all God's providence God's providence that ship could run aground anywhere indeed the captain was afraid in chapter 27 and 17 that the ship would run aground in quicksand but the master of the ship nor the force of the winds had anything to do with where that ship settled no instead the unseen hand of a sovereign God brought that ship to the island called Melita the Lord brought them there where they were well cared for and was it any wonder that Paul later in his epistle to the Romans wrote those words that we're all familiar with and we know we know that all things work together for good 
what? In the midst of a storm? They hadn't seen the light of day for two weeks? Yet, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. And certainly on board that ship, there were a number who loved God. Luke was one of them, because he recorded it. And of course, the great apostle Paul, Romans 8 and 28, tells us all things work together for good. Wonder did Paul have this incident in mind when he wrote those words? All things work together for good. <coughs> and the Lord had a purpose for Paul on that island. He had a work for him to do. It's an amazing thing. We shouldn't really be amazed at the providence of God. But the Lord brought them to that island. Could have been anywhere else. The Lord brought them to that island. And we read there in verses 8 and 9 how the Lord ministered to a man who was sick and healed him and ministered to others. See, Lord had a work for Paul to do. A door of opportunity had opened there on the island called Melita. You see, Paul was a man who was always looking for a door of opportunity in which to serve the Lord. He turned to 1 Corinthians 16. 1 Corinthians 16. We read in verse 8. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 8. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. For, because, a great door and effectual is opened unto me and there are many adversaries didn't matter to Paul and there are many adversaries in a door of opportunity opened to, to preach the gospel to preach the word and Paul as I said was always looking for the door of opportunity well here was a door that opened for him on this island called Melita and God had opened the door most unlikely door but nevertheless God had brought Paul and the others to this island God's providence as well as God's providence we consider Melita as a good place the island of Melita proved to be a good place for that ship to be wrecked upon of course it couldn't be anything else couldn't be anything else because the Lord had brought them there it's bound to be a good place for Paul and the others on board that ship Paul could say with those who saw the Lord work miracles what did they say they saw what Christ did and they, they exclaimed he had done all things well praise the Lord doesn't he always do things well always Mark 7 verse 37 the Lord we know always does things well including including bringing Paul to the island of Melita 
Now here's something. It's interesting to note what that name Belita means. The name Belita means refuge. And the Lord brought them to an island whose name means refuge. Refuge. And as though to say to Paul, I'll be your refuge. I brought you through the storm. I brought you to this island. You may be cold and wet and hungry, but I'll be your refuge. As though the say to Paul, you don't need to worry, I'll be your refuge. And oh dear child of God, what a blessed people we are when we see how the Lord dealt with Paul. How he cared for the apostle. That when the storms of life are raging, the Lord is our refuge. He'll be our refuge. Isaiah 25 verse 4. For thou hast been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, in his distress and listen, a refuge from the storm a refuge from the storm and the psalmist was glad that God was his refuge for in Psalm 30, 46 verses 1 and 2 David said God is our refuge and a strength a very present help in trouble therefore will not we fear Bless the Lord's name. God is our refuge. God is our strength. God is our present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear. And the day that Paul was shipwrecked on the island of the Leda, he was reminded, God is my refuge. He would have known the meaning of the Leda. And what an encouragement that must have been for the Apostle. That the Lord was his refuge in the midst of such a storm. So he considered God's providence. He considered Ireland as a good place. Then we see also a generous people. See, the Lord does all things well. The people who greeted Paul and the others on that island were called barbarous people now when we think of those who were barbarians we don't really think of them as being kind and helpful and caring we think of them more as being crude and a, a savage people but they were called barbarians because the Greeks called everyone who didn't speak Greek called them barbarians. That's how they got that name. But here we see that the barbarous people were not crude. They were not savages. They were a most caring group 
of individuals. But we see there in verse 2, and the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. So they showed Paul and the others much kindness. For they kindled a fire and received us, everyone, because of the present rain and because of the cold. So you can see, the barbarous people, their heart went out to Paul and the others. Indeed, such acts of kindness continued throughout their stay, their three month stay there on that island. So this was no, as it were, flash in the pan. They were kind to them the whole time they were there. We read in verse 10, who also honoured us with many honours, and when we departed, they laded us with such things as were necessary. And after three months, we departed. <coughs> and so they cared for them. That whole period of time, doesn't the Lord do all things well? Really. And how those barbarians could teach us all a lesson in brotherly kindness. Now they had not been influenced by any kind of Christian teaching or gospel preaching. But they conducted themselves almost like Christians. Just as the Apostle had said, Ephesians 4 verse 32, And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted. Well, you look at their barbarians and that's exactly what they did. They were kind and they were tender hearted. Indeed the word kindness, but regarding the barbarian, that word kindness used to describe the barbarian, the word kindness simply means love of mankind. Love of mankind. They weren't just kind to Paul and the others because Paul was a Christian. Remember? They thought he'd committed murder. He was a prisoner. And as far as the barbarians were concerned, they simply had a love for mankind, for their fellow man. For their fellow man. It was a plain and simple love towards the fellow man and they demonstrated that love by their kindness by their kindness indeed the word kindness again is not used anywhere else in the New Testament it's only found in describing the barbarian now there are other words translated kindness but in the original Greek word it's only used to describe the barbarian so in many ways their kindness was unique it can also the word can also be rendered having pity of mankind and the barbarians took great pity in Paul and the others and showed them by their acts of kindness let us 
follow the example of those barbarians and have a love of mankind and help wherever we can may the Lord give us a heart like that so we have considered Paul's arrival on the island the arrival of the apostle next we notice the attack on the apostle the already said no he wasn't attacked by Jews or any who hated the gospel or hated his preaching no he was attacked as we noted in verse 3 by a viper you know whenever you look at this viper we have a wonderful type of Satan himself we have a wonderful type of the devil that old serpent that old serpent was the devil that old serpent the viper that attacked Paul on many, many occasions wherever he went just as the Savior was attacked remember those scribes and those Pharisees you will read through the gospel read through the four gospels you will see there it seems as though no matter where the Lord went no matter where he went even walking through a field and the disciples plucked the corn remember there the Pharisees were to condemn them didn't matter where the Savior was the Pharisees were there to attack the Lord Jesus always out to attack well, you remember how the Lord how the Lord described them it's interesting Matthew 23 verse 33 ye vipers ye serpents sorry ye serpents a generation of vipers how can ye escape the damnation of hell and so those who attacked Paul or attacked the saviour called the Lord called them a generation of vipers not interesting that here we have a viper who attacked the apostle Paul and this viper perfectly demonstrates the ways and the works of the devil first of all we consider this serpent evidently this viper serpent was regarded as poisonous verse 4 and when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand they said among themselves no doubt this man is a murderer whom though he hath escaped the sea yet vengeance suffered not to live and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no heart and they were amazed because the beast as they called it was venomous poisonous and they expected Paul to fall down dead but does it not illustrate for us the poisonous nature of the serpent even the devil 
then they serpent poison their first parents and that poison passed upon all men caused our first parents to sin and we read then in Romans 5 and 12 wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned there's the poison poison sin and it leads to death and is he still poisoning the minds and the behaviour of men today has he not poisoned society today to a shocking extent just thinking about that the other day can this world get any worse than what's happening in it today yes he will attack that person also he is seeking to serve the Lord Paul was seeking to serve the Lord and just as the viper attacked Paul here so Satan has done so against the apostle many times many times listen wherefore we would have come unto you even I Paul once and again but Satan hindered us Satan hindered us 1 Thessalonians 2 and 18 that was only one occasion Satan the old viper sought to hinder Paul on many many occasions but the Lord was pleased to give them the victory and just as the attack of the viper could have hindered Paul from serving the Lord so he'll always seek to hinder you and I from serving the Lord that's true you want to serve God you want to be involved in the Lord's work you know all about the attacks of that viper to try and hinder the ministry of the word as well as the servant we have the suddenness the suddenness again is not so typical of the workings of Satan it will also law, uh, 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 now and again often launch a surprise attack upon you and I verse 3 again and when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and laid them on the fire there came a viper out of the heat and fastened on his hand suddenly I'm sure Paul did not expect a viper to come out of a bundle of sticks that he was going to throw on the fire notice something the viper attacked Paul when he was engaged in an innocent act could you get anything as it were more innocent than getting a bundle of sticks that's what he was doing and that teaches us believer 
that no matter what we do, no matter how innocent the work we are doing and we are involved in, we must be watchful for that viper. You think of David. How that viper fastened on David. David was one who learned a bitter lesson from the viper. David, we're told in 2 Samuel 11 and 2, in an even time, walked upon the roof of the king's house. That was innocent. He went for a walk at even time. They walked on the roof, but we know what the consequences of that walk was. So Bathsheba led to adultery. He was bitten by the viper. Even though he was engaged in something innocent, just going for a walk at the end of the day. Remember what Peter told us? Be sober, be vigilant. For your adversary, the devil, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Be sober, be vigilant. And Paul told the Corinthians to be alert. Paul said, 2 Corinthians 2 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us lest Satan should get an advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices no we're not and we ought to be alert at all times because how the, the devil that viper doing something quite innocent an innocent act that viper can fasten itself upon us and lead us into temptation you notice the serpent and the suddenness and then we have the strike the strike of the serpent or the viper the viper struck suddenly and fastened on his hand. That word fasten means to fix down upon. That viper wasn't intending to let go. To fix down upon. So the viper intended to fix itself on Paul and not let him go. Or let, not let go of him. Again, it's not just like this. The devil is not just like Satan. He wants to be a permanent fixture in the lives of men and women. Wants to be a permanent fixture. He wants to influence their decisions, influence their direction, influence their behavior. You've only to look around you today and see the behavior of the people of this world and you say that's the work of the devil that's the work of the viper he 
wants to influence many in the ways of sin and wickedness. We know how. We know how he poisoned and influenced the husband and wife and the Nias and Sapphira. It was the devil done it. They sold a bit of property. The intention was to give the proceeds to the Lord's work, but they kept back part of the price. And they were challenged about it. They kept back part of the price of the land, and in so doing, they lied to the Holy Ghost. They lied to the Holy Spirit. Who influenced them? That viper, even the devil, what a wicked, poisonous enemy we have to contend with every day. Every day. Just as we are told, Revelation 12 and verse 9, that old serpent called the devil. Listen, that old serpent called the devil and Satan which deceived the whole world deceives the whole world deceived Ananias and Sapphira deceived our first parents and have deceived countless numbers since then what does this teach us teaches us to stay alert you never know when that viper will attack us even when we're doing something that seems quite innocent as it happened with lifting a bundle stick and the viper struck him <clears throat> as well as the arrival of the apostle the attack on the apostle we notice the amazement regarding the apostle when the barbarians saw the viper fastened on Paul's hand they concluded they concluded no doubt this man's a murderer this was an attack on Paul and he's going to die there's no doubt well he's a prisoner he must be a murderer here was the mistake about Paul. They made a mistake. Paul, well, of course, was no—he was a prisoner, but he certainly wasn't a murderer. That was their mistake. And it's interesting that when they saw what happened to Paul, they reckoned this was their god, their false god, taking vengeance on Paul. They said this is the judgment of our gods on the Apostle Paul. He must have committed some terrible deed to be dealt with in this way. And they said he must have committed murder. After all, they knew he was a prisoner. 
and so if they knew he was a prisoner well they came to the conclusion that their gods was judging Paul for what he had done by this viper laying hold of Paul and they expected him to die but they were mistaken wasn't a murderer at all they were mistaken you know we see this very thing happening today we see it happening even amongst God's people because there are those who if they happen to see a believer overtaken in some tragedy or something terrible happened to their family they conclude that's the judgment of God that's God's judgment they must have done something wrong and this is God's judgment <coughs> upon them well a mistake was made about Paul and those who come to that conclusion today it's a mistake they don't know the circumstances of that individual or that family you think of Job and all that Job went through and Job's friends concluded he must have committed some terrible sin his friends as you often say with friends like God who needs enemies because they criticised him Bildad Bildad said if thou were pure Jonah or Job if you were pure and upright if you were pure and upright surely now God will awake for thee surely now God will come and deliver thee if you were pure and upright well you look at Job's life and here's God's testimony of Job God said that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil Job 1 verse 1 eschewed evil word eschewed means to turn away turned away from evil that's who Job was no there was no sin in his life this was not the judgment of God upon Job as we know and some make that mistake as well as the mistake about Paul you have the, the mystery about Paul the fact that Paul did not fall down dead as a result of the viper attack was a mystery to the barbarians sort of have to smile they go one verse oh he's a murderer <laughs> next verse oh he's a god go from one extreme to the other verses 5 and 6 and he shook off the beast into the fire and felt no harm how be it they looked when they he should have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly 
but after they had looked a great while saw no harm come to him they changed their minds and said that he was a god there was the mystery they couldn't understand how he had been bitten by a poisonous viper and yet was able to shake it off and felt no harm over in Matthew 10 the Lord chose his twelve disciples or twelve apostles and before he sent them out he gave them power over devils and they healed sicknesses Paul had that same power Paul was an apostle of the Lord and the power the disciples were granted Paul was given that same power therefore through the power of God Paul was able to shake off the viper able to shake off the viper and by the power of Christ listen by the power of Christ our saviour and by the power of his precious blood we shall know victory over the viper we have no victory over the devil we have no victory there's victory in Jesus there's victory in Christ there's victory over it in his blood and then the best thing here you notice what Paul did with the viper we're told he shook off the beast into the fire he shook it off into the fire now we've been looking at this viper as a type of the devil and when you turn to Matthew in the chapter 25 we read about the devil in Matthew 25 and there we read in verse 41 then shall he say unto them on the left hand depart from me you curses and the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels where's the devil going into the fire the devil is going into the fire God's people are going to heaven victorious in and through the Lord Jesus as well as the mistake about the apostles and the mystery about Paul the apostle we see finally the ministry of Paul the apostle the Lord brought Paul and the others to that island because the Lord had a work for Paul to do and God's providence a wonderful thing verse 7 in the same quarters were possessions of the chief man of the island his name was Publius who received us and lodged us three days courteously and it came to pass that the father of Publius lay sick of a fever and of the bloody flocks to whom Paul entered in and prayed and laid his hands on him and healed him 
And when this was done, others also, which had diseases in the island, came and were healed. Basic as He went to the father of Publius and says he prayed over him. He was a prayer in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that possibly would have been the first time those barbarians on that island heard the name of Christ. And Paul, being the man that he was, was always looking for the door of opportunity. I have no doubt whatsoever that during those three months Paul preached the gospel to those barbarians. And the Lord brought Paul there because he had a work for Paul to do. Wonderful, isn't it? God's providence. And when you think how he brought him to a light island called the Legus, which means refuge. The Lord ministered to Paul. And then we read in the verse 10, who also honoured us with many honours, and when we departed, they needed us with such things as were necessary. Now they've just been shipwrecked. Lost everything. And yet before they left the island, the barbarians gave Paul and the others all that they needed. What was the Lord's doing? The Lord brought them there. Isn't it wonderful how the Lord meets our needs? He meets our needs in a wonderful way. Victory over the viper. And to God be all the glory. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Oh dear Lord, we thank thee for the lessons that we receive and learn from thy word. Even as Paul himself said, these things are written for your learning. And oh Lord, we thank thee for lessons learned tonight as we have considered this incident on the island of Melita. How those barbarians were chimed towards the apostle and the others on board that ship. Lord, may we even learn from them and be kind-hearted toward one another. So Lord, write this word upon our hearts tonight. May we think about it, meditate upon it. Be like the psalmist to meditate on thy law day and night. Lord, be with us as we leave the Lord's house now. May we know thy presence with us throughout this week. Keep thy hand upon us for good. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide and remain with us now and forevermore. We pray in the Savior's name. Amen.